Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Luke chapter 1, it's in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who, who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. I'm going to quickly pray. So let's bow our heads as we welcome Brian. Yeah, Father, um, just thank you for the opportunity that we have here in Sydney, Australia to gather together this morning to read your word, to pray and to worship you. We thank you for Brian and the work he's put into preparing this sermon for us. And I just ask that you would give him your words, that they would not be his own, but we would hear straight from your heart to us this morning in this Christmas season. We thank you um, for his faithfulness to us and to you, God. Amen. Well, thanks, Lou. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. We're continuing our series on the uh, road to Bethlehem. So last week, uh, Mitch unpacked for us that, uh, that account of the angel Gabriel that uh, came and visited Zechariah and told Zechariah that he and Elizabeth uh, were expecting a son. And that, and that son would be John. Uh, to become known as John the Baptist. Well, um, the angel Gabriel's a pretty, uh, a pretty busy fellow. Well, angel. And uh, every now and again, um, he will visit um, different people. And so six months after that last one to Zechariah, he, we find him visiting uh, Mary, foretelling the birth of Jesus. But this wasn't the first time that the birth of Jesus was foretold. 800 years before the prophet Micah, had, uh, had written, But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small amongst the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are of old, from ancient times. And the prophet Isaiah wrote about 700 years before the birth of Jesus, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. It's a wonderful thing to know that Jesus coming to our earth wasn't a last-minute decision. 
God had planned that right from the very start of creation. And that was foretold through the work of the prophets and the words of the prophets right down through the ages. And so now here is Mary being visited by Gabriel. What an experience. Can you imagine how this young girl would have felt? The Bible tells us that Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Um, a, a girl in the, Jewish, um, in the Jewish society was considered to be of marriageable age from the age of 12 years and 6 months old. Um, the, the actual date of marriage would vary depending on each circumstance, but here was a very young girl being visited by an angel. And uh, it sounds like just an ordinary everyday occurrence in the life of a 13 or 14-year-old girl, doesn't it? Hardly. Hardly, because this is a remarkable account. A young girl, probably 13 or 14 years of age, being visited by an angel, told she is highly favoured by God, told that in the most improbable of ways, totally impossible from a human point of view, that she would conceive. And that this was no ordinary baby. The one that she would bear was the Holy One, the Son of God. And what I find almost as remarkable is Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. See, is it any wonder that people can read an account of that and say, well, that's a great story. It's a great story. You don't believe that, do you? You don't really believe in the virgin birth. Well, I've got to say, yes, I do, 100%. This is the word of God and this is truth and this is what makes God's intervention into our world, that first Christmas, so wonderfully amazing. So let's ask the question, let's unpack a little bit about the happenings 2,000 years ago and ask the question, well, how is that relevant to us today? How is it relevant besides the fact that God broke into our world? and came and, and a saviour was born because we were in need of a saviour. Besides the fact that it happened in the most remarkable of circumstances, what difference does that make to you and to me today? Because I believe this is not just a, an historical account, it's certainly that, but it actually has application for you and for me today. And I think there's application in a few ways. The first is that it tells us that God speaks to us in the ordinary everyday of life and brings change forevermore. God spoke to Mary in the ordinary everyday of her life. There was no indication in Scripture that this was going to be and Mary was expecting an extraordinary day in her life. Far from it. This was an ordinary everyday life when Mary got out of bed that morning or whatever she did, she had no idea, as far as we can understand from the scriptures, that there was going to be a visit from an angel. There are a lot of misconceptions about Mary. Not once does the Bible say that we are to worship her or that she was perfect or sinless. As Baptists, we don't subscribe to the account of immaculate conception, which is the view that Mary was without original sin herself from the time of her conception. In fact, what we know about Mary, the way she was special was that she was completely ordinary. Sounds a, a contradiction in terms. The special thing about Mary was that she was an ordinary young lady. 
who was available to use God by God and God knew what her heart was and that was a heart to serve, to be the Lord's servant, as she says. God wants to speak into our lives too, in the ordinary every day of our world. The question is, are we listening? Are we so busy in the ordinary every day of our life that we miss what God's wanting to say? And I'll come back to look at some ways that we can listen to God um, a little later. Secondly, when God speaks, we often have fears and questions about what God's plan and call could mean. That was Mary's experience, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to wonderfully bless you. What were the possible fears that she could have had? Well, fears of criticism. What are people going to think? Fears of the supernatural. What does it really mean when the angel said the Holy Spirit will hover over you? What does that mean for her as this young girl? Fears of inadequacy. How am I ever going to be able to raise the Son of God? Uh, fears of change. Well, Joseph and I have plans for our future. What's it going to look like now? For me, and I'm sure for you, we all have fears or questions when we feel the urging of God to move into a new dimension of life. It's not an unusual response for us to say, I can't do it. Um, ask someone else. I'm not qualified. I don't have the experience. This is really not where I saw myself wanting to go in life. And yet God, by his spirit, will speak into our world, calling us into a deeper relationship with him, calling us to move the way he wants us to move. Mary had good reason to be fearful not just of God's plan, but of criticism. Can you imagine being a neighbour of Mary? You know, you look out one day and you think that this young girl is um, starting to get a little bit of a bubble around her stomach and you're thinking, well, you're single, Mary. You're, you're a teenager. You're engaged to be married. You're pregnant and you're still a virgin and you're saying that God is the father can you imagine the, the rumour mill around that, around that period of time? You know, people saying, have you heard what Joseph and Mary are saying about the baby that's been expected and how all that came about? This girl would have been subject to a lot of criticism, much criticism, as she journeyed through life. And the point for us is, if we get serious about God's plan for us, God's going to take us on a journey through life that perhaps others can't understand. God will cause us to make decisions and to move into, into directions of life and people will be perplexed. Why are we going down this path? There are going to be people who misunderstand perhaps and even misjudge us. So there's a, a check for us this morning. What fears do you and I need to overcome in responding to God's call on our lives? Is there something happening in your world right now and God is urging you to take a course and you're worried about what that might mean when you make that known to others? And when God speaks, we will have questions about how his plan will unfold. 
Mary certainly did that. How will this be, she asked the angel, since I am a virgin? When we ask those questions of God, how will this be? At times God provides answers, but what I have found is most often God doesn't provide answers. It's a journey of faith and it's a journey of trust as God by his spirit keeps moving in our hearts, confirming what his call is, but sometimes, often, without an answer. Either way, there needs to be an openness to believe that God is a God of the impossible and that God's words will never fail. The angel gave Mary an account as to how she would conceive and she simply trusted. And from a human viewpoint, Mary had every reason to be worried. But what is so amazing about her response follows in another passage, another reading of uh, Luke chapter 1, which Mitchell unpacked next week. We find Mary singing, rejoicing, worshipping. What an amazing response. And it's a challenge for us. When we go through the worries of life, is our response to actually to worry about it? Or is it to worship and to recognise that God has us in the palm of his hand and journeys through life with us. And the fourth thing it tells us is that God wants our total trust and obedience and God works with those who will trust and obey. Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, understood the reason why Mary was chosen by God for this amazing privilege of bearing Jesus. You believed that God would do what he said. That is why he has given you this wonderful blessing. You believed God would do what he said. That is why he has given you this wonderful blessing. Mary's heart to serve, Mary's heart to be the servant of God, to believe what God said and to journey forward was what God wanted. Are you and I willing to be used by God, to simply say, God, I want to hear your voice and I want to move forward in what you have for me. And perhaps hearing the voice of God is our problem. So how do we hear from God? I mean, I've spoken with so many people over the years that said, if only I could hear from God and I knew exactly what he wanted me to do. I'd love for an angel to come and visit me like he did Mary. And just tell me what was mapped out for me. Or I'd like there to be handwriting on the wall with, okay, this is your life. You know, step number one, do this. Step number two, do this. In the absence of an audible voice from God or in the absence of an angel visiting me, it's just people saying, I feel stuck. How do I know what to do? There's no doubt that God wants to speak into our lives. Psalm 81 gives us an account of God saying, I wish my people would listen to me. And there's no doubt that our lives and the busyness of our lives often preclude us from being quiet enough to listen to what God's saying. But apart from those uh, times of silence and in the absence of an angel visiting or writing on the wall from us, how do we hear from God? Well, I've been helped in my understanding of how God speaks by Nicky Gumbel's writings. Nicky Gumbel, the author of um, The Alpha Course, talks about the five CSs. 
and he talks about the five CSs that help us to filter hearing the voice of God. What is the commanding scripture? What is the compelling of the spirit? What is the counsel of the, of the saints? What is the common sense approach here? And what are the circumstantial signs? The five CSs that can act as a filter for us in an effort to hear what God's saying. So the commanding scripture, we know that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God's word speaks to us of truth, speaks to us of who Jesus is, of why Jesus comes, of how we can enter into relationship with Jesus by confessing our sin and taking hold of the new life that Jesus offers. But it also talks to us or speaks to us about the mission that God has for us, that the life that we live is not a life for us to be self-absorbed, but it's, it's a challenge for us and a call for us to be on the mission of God, to be salt and light in the world in which we live. The commanding of words of Scripture, the compelling spirit. Paul writing to the Philippians says, God works in you to will and act according to his good purpose. And when we enter into relationship with Jesus Christ, his spirit comes and fills us and guides us and leads us the direction he wants to go. And, and it takes a while for us sometimes. It took a while for me to recognize the voice of God speaking to me. To recognize how that would happen. The different urging, the different um, impacts that the Spirit of God would take as God was directing me. The counsel of the saints, we're not alone. God put us in a community. The privilege of being together as we are today. And the writer of Proverbs said, the wise person listens to advice. That doesn't absolve us of our responsibility to make a decision, but we have the privilege of journeying through others, with others, um, to, as iron sharpens iron, to test the words of Christ. And common sense, Paul wrote into Timothy, said, reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you an insight into all this. We um, don't have to discard our brains at the door when we become a Christian. God gives us all different abilities and, and um, the ability to reason and to understand and to use our common sense in lining up different aspects of what God's saying and, and directing. And circumstantial signs. Yeah, God is sovereign. God can orchestrate those aspects of our life because we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who love him. And so there are going to be things that happen in our world and God can bring those circumstances around that will point us in his direction. I hadn't read this uh, guide by Nicky Gumbel until about four or five years ago. Um, but as I look back on the decisions I've made in my life in the past, I can see how these things have come together. An example of that, um, I'll give you an example of that, which might help as you filter some of the different situations you're facing in your own life. Um, over 30 years ago now, I had this, um, this urging through listening to different mu music and listening to the Word of God, but it was really the work of the Spirit of God, urging... Um, urging me for a new life direction, a totally new life direction. and just wouldn't go away. And I had a dream that kept on coming at night. And it was, cast your bread upon the water, and after a time it will return to you. And I knew that it came from the Bible somewhere, but I didn't know where it was. So I went and grabbed my Bible, and it was Ecclesiastes 11, chapter 1. And then as I unpacked that, 
that um, had a look at uh, the study Bible, it said, be adventurous. Don't always play it safe. Commit your life to the Lord as a seafarer commits his trade to the water. And so here I was feeling the urging of God to sell our accounting practice. We had six staff, well, four others, including Lynn and myself, six staff, and saying, okay, I want to move you in a new direction. And so that was the, the Spirit of God dwelling up and taking us on that journey. And then there was the compelling, uh, sorry, the commanding Scripture saying, cast your bread upon the water. Cast your bread. Trust me. Step out. And I discussed that. As I discussed that with Lynn, who is my chief in the Council of Saints, to say, okay, what does this look like? And I was amazed at her response. We're only in our early 30s at the time. You know, two young kids under three, another one we're expecting in a couple of months. And Lynn said, well, let's investigate that. Let's put it out there and see what God wants to do. And rather than nesting, she said, yeah, I want to follow what God wants for us. And so the circumstantial signs then started following. I put it out with a broker. Within 24 hours, this broker rang back and he said, I think I've got someone that wants to buy your business. I said, no, stop mucking around with me. And he said, no, he wants to come and look at the place and he wants to sit down and look at the figures tomorrow. He'll be there tomorrow. So this fellow rocks through the door and because we operated our practice and our home next door, the deal was that he would actually buy the accounting practice but he would also move into our house. So it meant we needed to move out of the house at the same time. And so as he... Um, sat down, had a look at all the books, went through them all. Then he decided he was going to walk through our house and we just went out the back and let him walk through the house. And then he came out the back and he said, look, I've looked at some of your, um, your books on your bookshelf. If it makes you, and he was referring to Christian books, he said, if it makes you feel any better, um, my wife and I believe the same as you do. And I'm thinking, oh Lord, stop mucking around with me. <laughs> You've sent this bike along, it's a setup." And it certainly was a setup because then he walked out and he said, I'm not going to quibble about the price. The broker had told us that it'd take about a year to find someone that was interested. This was literally 24 hours we were told this bloke wanted to come and have a look. He came, you know, 48 hours after and he said he wanted to buy it. And so then the common sense approach came, okay, how does this actually work? Well, you look at all the way that these things have happened and we can't say with common sense that this is all a coincidence. This is a God-orchestrated path that he wants us to go along. And then I'd like to say it was easy. But then I started to get cold feet. And I sat down with Lena and said, this is a very profitable business, you know. Do you know what we'd be losing if we did this? And so we opened up. We're reading through the scriptures together. And, and our reading that night... It wasn't just open up the Bible, it was our appointed reading for that night was from 1 John chapter 2. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar and the truth is not in that person. And that was pointed right at our hearts, my heart particularly. That was a commanding scripture if ever there was. I've got another path for you. You can choose to go the way I want you to go or you can choose to renege on that. I've made it very clear to you, Brian. <laughs> you can choose that or you can choose to go your own way. 
And I look back at that and I see those five C's, CS's. And I've looked at different aspects um, of the circumstances and the different decisions made through life and I find this has been applicable, as I said, even though I didn't know that uh, Nicky Gumbel had written that at, at this time, at that time. But I think it's a wonderful filter. What's going through your journey of life now? What commanding scripture are you taking hold of? What is the compelling work of the Spirit doing in your life? Who are the council of saints that you can speak to? What circumstantial signs around that are happening around that are pointing you in a particular path? And what's the common sense approach? Because then the question is, and let's get back to Mary because it applies to us too. Why did God choose Mary? Well, it wasn't because of her education, because she didn't have any. And it wasn't because of her wealth, because she was very poor. And it wasn't because of her maturity in years, because she was just a young teenager. God chose Mary because she was open, she was open to the possibility of a new experience with God. So friends, are you and I listening to God? Are you and I open to a new opportunity as God speaks into our lives? Where will he lead? Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we want to praise you and thank you that, um, that you did break into our world in human form uh, 2,000 years ago. And Father, we thank you that the challenge that comes to us today is exactly the same as it came to Mary. Might we be able to say like her, I am the Lord's servant. So Father, we ask that by your Spirit, you would keep taking us on this journey. Lord, might you open our eyes to continue to be amazed at the, at the privilege it is to be led by you. The thought that the God of all creation should want to engage with us in life and to steer us down a path for the mission that he has is a most amazing truth that comes from your word. And Father, we ask that you would open our hearts to respond to that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.